the brothers home their war boots. That was the last we saw of our fathers. Kids that we were. They never to buy us bumbo and we adore them greatly. A pair of shoes for our dank feet and gorgeous attire for mother. Few not went to the family for their trouble. We are going to father's funeral. We turned orphans living by the bridge side, a garbage bin for kitchen and remnant for meals. From our little abode we beheld children riding alongside their fathers. We stared at our mother, we got apart, and that same word fingers are not equal. Yet, the look on her face says something else. It says regret and curses which had no strength to be muttered. Our ma smiles at us with tears in our eyes. When mother's comforting words ended with age, we grew up to be adults who don't ask anymore but wonder why. Why we never made it to the classroom for once and why the world sees us as less privileged. Pains and fears were concealed amidst the strength of violence and we did try, if we could, to get a share out of life. But then, as seconds roll on to years, the plastrings of our names had gone to the world in different format. There are who had died violently, others who were never seen again, many who died mysteriously without intact bodies anymore, and others who played submissive ox to castrated dogs, of some who had gone crazy with drugs, and those who had been hired to make one or two evils happen and are being hunted for it. And only few who live through the times. We are the company of those who played the lesser roles in this play, who never made it past behind the scenes. I am Yemi Siojo, and this is All Our Lives. Sometimes during the night when I was a child and I hear people shouting outside, mom would wake me up, get a ladder to climb up the ceiling and get some money hurriedly tied to the tips of a wrapper from the ceiling. I knew what that means. It meant we had to leave, go to the barracks and pray it is not filled yet. There were no IDPs then, and there is a limit to the number that can get into the barracks. I cannot remember what it was like. I can remember, however, that I got used to the whole drama, and that my education became so slow because we kept running. At a point, I'd been primary four, only to find me back in primary two, or not even go to school at all. As at nine years old, I still couldn't speak English language, but I guess I really was a very lucky child. Otherwise, why would I be here? But today is not about me. I'll be sharing with you the story of Stephen and his father, a well-learned farmer. Last time I was at the IDP, I met him and he was begging me to bring toilet rolls when next I come here. But what attracted me to him was how learned and composed he was. So on Sunday, 6th January 2019, 
exactly a year he started running with his family around I went visiting him and we had a chat and yes when you come to a place like this there are different kind of people you find you find those who were affected primarily by the crisis and had lost their families and homes you find those who whom fear had driven out and most importantly you find children 70% of the IDPs are children whom just knew they had been moving from one place to the other so for Mr Hassan Nisa he belonged to the second category those who had been running for fear didn't lose family but lost their homes in firms and only get to hear gunshots from afar from Nasarawa state i am bearing Hassan Nisa i am from Kiana local government of Nasarawa state uh this flani uh chief crisis we started hearing of that flani are coming to destroy our houses and kill people before christmas so people started running because this thing has been happening to us so when we heard of this we started running out of our houses we came and settled at kadarko which is under a district under uh, kiana local government we stayed there for some we we are able to did our christmas there when it came to uh 6th of uh, january then in the night the flani came and attack was able to kill about 12 people then the place was disturbed and we ran out of kadarko that is the time i left kadarko to daudu here so when i came people were coming from various destinations to stay here for the the uh safe uh stay so others were staying from abagana others from here uh, others from the other idp camp and so here he is with five children and a wife and for a man who has been supporting his family through his farm yields sponsor his children's education it is surprising to see how happy it could be just forgetting a ladder as he called it as a roof over his head and some food for his family so i was staying in the town but when i heard that government of benue state is helping people here is feeding them then i was able to come here and stay with them when i came although as our uh, i came no i was very much happy because sometimes they will bring rice for us sometimes plots for us and so many things they normally brought for us so when they bring these things the camp is grouped under 10 blocks 
so we share those materials given to us by the blocks. No matter how little it is, we normally manage it. That is how we normally do it. In the so we asked how he had been able to cope with his family of seven here so far for this one year. Uh, uh, there was a time when rainy season came. We heard that there is no way to go there and farm because the Fulani people were there, uh, my farmer. So they stay in our villages. So we fear to go there and farm. The only thing we did here, we went on to hire land from other people, from community here in the town, so that we can get a little food to eat. Mm. So when it came to August this year, that is time for Benicid. So people went there and farmed Benicid. Some other persons, not all areas. In some other areas, people went there and farmed it, yet they destroyed their farm land. In some other places, they were able to harvest. So, and as to why he still couldn't go back to his home. As I am saying now, some other places, you can see a few people there. But some other places, if you go, you will run away from the planets because they will disturb you. Either they kill you or wound you. So we entertain fear. Although the federal government... They are trying all their best because they send these security men to guard for us. Although they doesn't stay there, when they go, they will send Flania people away by killing their cattle. And when they go away, you that go there, the Flani will attack you because there are no army there again. So that is where we find it very difficult to go and stay. But the part that got me most was his children and how they can no more access education. Who thinks of education when he can hardly even eat? My family, I came with them. Some of them were schooling, like my children. The other one was in Genesis 3. The other one was about to, he got admission to, to, uh, University of Kefi. But to go, I was having problem of money. He was unable to go again. He's now with me at home and in the camp. And the boy is in the camp here. Uh, he's in the camp. So these are the situation. All my children are now not going to school. The other one in, in GSS3 stopped. The other one, these small, small ones, they are not going to school. Though they have an emergency school here, but it's not qualitative enough. My wife is here with me. He's doing nothing. He has nothing doing. Mm. I was saying that if 
this crisis stopped, he can still buy jam and write so that if he's able to get the points, he still can go to school. We are facing very much great challenges here because as we are farmers, we base on our farm because it's through farming that you can plot your children, you can feed yourself, and you can also make your children to go to school. But since we don't have a place to farm, we are finding it very, very, very difficult. So, I wish if the federal government can be able to stop this uh, crisis, more especially if they can put soldiers in the boundary areas where any Flanima, since they say we have a, a law here guiding us, they should put army in our boundary area so that they will not enter Benue State, so that we shall be doing our farm work. If not, by staying here, even if the government are feeding us, since we don't have enough food to eat, we are facing starvation. Mm. And so the story of Stephen became a burden for me. The child who could not go for his admission into Kefi University because he finds himself in between a crisis he knows nothing about. Stephen was not around us at the time of this interview, but a further probing to his father shows what I fear. Stephen was with his friends just there at the IDP camp doing nothing. So the reason why you no longer hear that a village had been attacked and many killed is because really no one is in those villages anymore. They have abandoned it to this place. They are here where they feel sure and secure of their lives even if they keep dying of starvation. But hard as this sounds, sometimes I want to just forget about the parents and talk about the children. These people, the children, who it's very hard for them to grasp the cause of conflict and the abrupt change in their lives. So many go through the bouts of depression and even violent behavior here. There had been stories of rape of even a child under seven and currently has VVF. Children forced into early marriage by their parents who are still in camp here so the child can bring them food. These children are burdened them with the feelings of depression, anxiety, hopelessness, grief, resentment, anger, and fear. And most of them will carry these heavy emotional burdens into adulthood. Yes, we give them food and clothes and medicine, but psychological trauma is invincible. <laughs> <laughs> 
And most of these children have lost compassion and empathy and a sense of belonging. So we are raising for Stephen a campaign to get him back to school because at the end of the day, education looks good on them, just at least look good on us. And to support the campaign to get Stephen back to school, please write to us in all our lives, podcast at gmail.com or call to support or sponsor his education and Plus two three four eight one six zero zero one eight eight zero zero. Just as well, we draw the curtain for today's show. That's all for this episode of All Our Lives. I am your host and producer, Yamcio Joe. Thanks for listening. Please do well to like, share, and give us feedbacks on this show. Until next week, stay out of trouble.